When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glasser coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, of course, the great folks at LakersBall.com. Of course, the great folks at Sinblades, if you want your lawn transformed into something much more special than it is today, please go ahead and check out Sinblades, Sinblades with the Y.com. Plus, our good friends at Lakerholics.com. If you want the best in Lakers conversation outside of the best Lakers chat that's out there right here at Lakers Fast Break, head on over to either LakersBall.com or good friends at LakerHolics.com. Go ahead and check out Jamie Sweet, a.k.a. Yami Swoot, with his five things articles and the number one Lakers blogger that's out there, Laker Tom, today at LakerHolics.com. And also don't forget our awesome, absolutely awesome playback Right there for you at Lakers Fast Break at playback.tv. If you get a chance, check us out. We had a great, great time. Nick, Lee, Forever Laker 24, they were all awesome in the chat. Nick was awesome with us on stage. Also, as well, Sean Grice giving the trivia. Also, as well, Sean Grice with the J Lo deep dive. There you go. Absolutely. We talked about our favorite pizza toppings, snacks. Food galore. We had a great time. We entertained all game long. Joe, Sean, myself, Nick, and the whole gang that was out there in the chat. So please go ahead and be part of the fun on Sunday for the game on playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. And our good friends on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. Plus, if you can like all that and subscribe today on YouTube to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air right here at the Lakers Fast Break. If you could do all that, it is sincerely appreciated yes joe that's right i love how you mimic me so but it is the lakers look like was going to be ending the homestand on a very dismal note going in one and three with one of the league's best teams memphis coming into town riding high on 11 game win streak didn't look so good with the lakers right there everybody healthy and playing for memphis lakers still out with uh, Lonnie Walker, Austin Reeves. They're still a couple weeks away. We did get news from Adrian Wojnarowski that Anthony Davis could come back as early as late next week. So we'll see what happens there. That's a possibility. We all know that might not be the case. But, hey, at least there's some signs he could come in as early as late next week, according to reports. So that was a sign that helped lift the Lakers. 
But did that help him lift in the game? Well, the game, well, for the game, the Lakers got off to a great start in the first quarter. Unfortunately, the second quarter kind of felt flat coming into the second quarter. By time and a half, they were down by two. But in the second half, they stayed strong in the third quarter, stayed close enough, even though it went down by as much as 13 in the second half. The Lakers did claw their way back. Despite the size difference, despite the rebounding difference, despite the intimidation that the Lakers got every time they went inside, they clawed their way back. And wouldn't you know, in a game that came down to the final seconds, once again, where the Lakers have often found many miscues, the Lakers did find a way to win this one. And it was Dennis Schroeder with a key steal on Desmond Bain, taking it all the way for an and one. And the Lakers <sighs> pulled out a victory for once out of the jaws of defeat, 122 to 121. They go to 21 and 25 on the season, still 12th in the Western Conference. But let's go ahead and see if we can get them going on a little bit of a roll here. We'll see what happens now that they're going out on the road. And here today to talk about today's game, two great co-hosts indeed got a nice packed crowd on hand thank you so much again for watching and listening i know you're also checking us out on courtside lakers on instagram give everybody a big shout out there as well it is first up first man here first man to go up it is a good man indeed you got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at lakersball.com it's ox1947 and of course simblades simblades with the y.com it is joe sorrow <laughs> joe wants says darvin ham still sucks he can't do no right with some people, I guess. But uh, LeBron was the coach tonight. Thank you. Uh, Tycoon Rave says, you know, Z's in the chat, petting my cats in the chat. Already great having you here. Henry, 411 subscribers. We are slowly climbing. But Joe, again, you were very positive in and out of the trivia and in and out of berating me all the game long. But in and out of that, you were very positive on the Lakers as far as the way they clawed and kept it close until the very end when they were finally the team to take it out on top. Yeah. I, I, I have to admit that, uh, you know, you created a disdain during the broadcast. That's only I can do made me angry at myself. Uh, As only I can do. No, I had, had nothing to do with you actually. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it was, I had predicted a loss tonight, like a loser. And that will not happen again. I, I said this on the last show. One play that would, would have resulted in a win changes the whole attitude. Just like right now. If Schroeder doesn't steal that ball, we lose. and Or we likely lose. And now we're talking about how Darvin Ham needs to be sent to Siberia. LeBron is old. Schroeder should be back in Euro basketball and we're doing all that. But one play completely changes that even though they had a whole 47 minutes and 45 seconds that they had played before that. And I think that's something that's important to reiterate. We are a society that lives by the second. I mean, we're at the second. And I can't sit here and talk about winning mentality and then in the last show talk about how I predicted a loss tonight. That I just 
found myself doing the same thing. Never again. Never Congratulations again. to Lee, though. He he made out like a band. Well, good for Lee. Lee won a thousand bucks on a two better. Good for you. I hope uh, I hope your winnings uh, extend to anything you need there because that was a good one. And Lee, thank you yeah. for being on uh, playback. That was a fun. That was fun banter. Yes. Uh, Nick as well, and of course Sean's forever I'm, Laker twenty four as well. And, and Sean's Sean's Laker trivia questions are seriously next level stuff. I you cannot. They're they're in line with with uh, Chris Mad Dog Russo questions during the Super Bowl. If you guys don't know who that is, uh, Chris the Mad Dog Russo used to host a really big show out in New York called, on, on WFAN called uh, Mike and the Mad Dog. And he's got this tradition every year where he asks these next-level trivia questions so that he can the winner gets Super Bowl tickets, and that's what he does. And Sean is the basketball version of the Mad Dog. So – Magic Man, Mad Dog, it seems like it's 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 coming He's together. He's blushing. There. He's blushing. Good, good, good. Well, when you do something right, Gerald, you get credit. So, unfortunately for you, you never give me good credit for anything. Unfortunately for you, we're sitting there happy and enjoying our time, and you're like, "But they gave up 20 rebounds in the offensive side, like right in the middle of it, totally just zapping our enthusiasm." What 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 what, what is this? Am I going to have to turn to Laker Tom? You know, it's it's interesting. Am I going to have to that. retort with a Laker Tom? Am I going to have to tell you to shut up like Laker Tom? <laughs> I've been, I've been seen. You've uh, already I've told me seen... that before, and I've said shut up right back to you. I've never said shut up to you. Okay, maybe not those words. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it was a fun time. The game, I, I was watching, I watched the entire game, of course, and... I, every time we were going into our little tangents, I kept realizing that the Lakers always seemed to be in that two, three point deficit range. I'm like, I keep, I keep expecting to to go back after we went through some dialogue <laughs> being down eight, 10. And I'm like, dude, they're only down two. They're only down three. And we, I did that the whole game up until they were down eight. And then I'm like, Oh, come on guys. And then the three minute mark hit and, in, in any era before this would have been a loss, but now it's like eight point leads with three minutes left doesn't mean anything. And it didn't mean anything tonight. Lakers came through. Lakers really needed to win this game for just some kind of inspiration of anything. And it definitely helped out the fact that there's word that AD will be coming back next week. So if they can somehow win out here until he gets back, it would be a nice way to ramp him up when he gets back. Cause we would have won a lot of these games had AD been playing. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do pull out a victory. Oh, just so exciting to see. 122 to 121. Also here today, good man indeed. You should definitely check out what he's talking about. Again, on playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. Let me give the countdown. Obviously, great trivia from him. Great suggestions on snacks. Great suggestions on pizza toppings. And of course, not only the J-Lo deep dive, but the Jay Moore deep dive as well. It is the magic man, the guy who just I'm, I'm, I'm good of- on deep dives with J-Lo. I don't know about Jay Moore. Well, 
There was a deep dive on Jay Moore earlier this week. A lot of people would prefer a deep dive with Jay Moore. What was it, Sean, I was supposed to say getting out of Toronto traffic? And and what was it supposed to say as far as... And the the deepest dive on one Jay Moore. Yes, yes. And he's doing the deepest, deepest dive on one Jay Moore. It is the magic man, Sean Grice. Great to have you here, my friend. You saw in the game, it was kind of frustrating the fact that the Lakers just could not get anything done inside. Obviously, the the height of Adams and, of course, the best defender in the NBA right now, Triple J, really causing havoc. That's not surprising. The Lakers with the best offensive rebounder that's out there, Stephen Adams, just playing. As it was said in our chat, they're throwing around like rag dolls. But still, the Lakers found and managed a way to squeak out a victory. Very much like Zanger saying, uh, Zanger was saying earlier was about how much heart that they showed in that fourth quarter. We've seen them time and time again give us these fourth quarter comebacks. What was different this time around that resulted in a victory for the team tonight? Yeah, you know what, Jill? I think the difference tonight was that. Oh, and just let me, if I may, we will get to Shannon Sharp. Don't worry. We will. I think the difference tonight was that. Someone on that floor finally saw an opportunity that presented itself and they took advantage of it. Dennis Schroeder saw that the ball was up for grabs and I'm sure his his eyes lit up like a Christmas tree when it was exposed like that. And he just found the metal, M-E-T-T-L-E, to drive the hole, get the N one, and put us in the victory lane. I I, I mean it's it. <clears throat> I I don't want to make it sound as simple as that, but it's simple as that. It's just so make a play, make a play. Like Al Al Davis used to say, "I don't believe in plays. I believe in players." And and that that shows itself time and time again. Um, you just have to have uh, have a little bit of faith that uh, somebody on the floor creates an opportunity for somebody else or themselves. And that's what Schroeder did. I'll tell you what, just a great performance from Schroeder. Thomas Bryant gave you everything he had. Yeah. I understand he was outsized on many occasions, but the guy gave, that guy has so much heart. He has so much heart. heart. And, and to, and uh, we have to give credit to uh, Mr. Sorrow here. Yeah. Great observation. He had mentioned that that was the best, out of time TV timeout play that Darvin Ham has yes. drawn up. Yes. Finally, one that went our way. That was just an awesome play. Like you said, Joe, you called it right. Coming out of the timeout, for once, the Lakers managed to execute it to perfection. And I think that was really kind of a lift that kept them in the game at that point in time in the fourth quarter. You're on mute, Joe. It, it, it's important to make light of that because – those who hear us talk for the first time need to know that we are watching every play yeah. and we're, we're invested in this. If there's something that you want to take away from this show is we're invested in every play, which is probably why we're erratic and bipolar by the minute, <laughs> unless you're Gerald Glassford, who just is just, you know, 
I'll, I'll stop picking on Gerald. I think I've been doing it for the last three hours. It's okay. You've uh, been doing it for the last three months. After <laughs> well, since, since and, John and, has left, if you since notice, John has left, since John has left off the air, I've now become his. Well, yeah. Well, John, John, uh, you know, I'll give I'll give you kudos over John. John, notice you notice John's not around since you know. He's we, always we, in the chat. We battle. Well, it's easy to be behind a computer, but you got to be face to face. But see, the the difference the difference between the situation is, I've seen I've literally seen steam come out, come out of Laker Tom's ears and nose talking to Gerald. I haven't seen that with Joe yet, and I know why. I know why because Gerald has those zingers that diffuse enthusiasm. But I call it like I see it. But, <laughs> but it makes for great TV. Yes. We are in the entertainment business. Yes. So, so you gotta to, roll so with let, it. So let's get back to the game here. Let's reel it back in. I'd rather talk about Gerald Glassford. Well, th- I will lose the audience <laughs> that way. I want to keep it back on the game because they want to hear about the Lakers right now. <laughs> so, so actually the numbers went up when we started talking about you. It went from 16 no, to 21. They're going right down right now. I don't uh, the Lakers, the Lakers uh have been playing very good basketball. We had I had mentioned that they had not they haven't been blown out or they, they've been every game. It's just execution down the stretch. It's just execution down the stretch. And uh, I even gave Darvin Ham the benefit of the doubt. It's his rookie year coach. He's a rookie coach, I should say. Maybe he'll get better next year. Uh, so we'll kind of leave that at that. But I, I really like that. I really like that play out of, out of bounds where he where, where Russell uh, had the alley-oop to. Uh, and Thomas Bryant got some lift. To Thomas Bryant. Well, Thomas Bryant, I, I'm not I, – I, I, I know, Sean, you're seeing it a certain way. I, I haven't really necessarily seen it. I've watched Thomas Bryant play basketball enough to understand that he's limited laterally just because that's who he is. He is not a lateral player. Um, he is an up-and-down player, and I will say this, though. His hands are Spider-Man hands. I mean, I – I've seen some passes LeBron make to him that I'm like, uh, oh wow, cool. And that, if you're that, gonna... that, that, that he's got great hand-eye coordination. He great he, and a great feel for the ball with his hands. It's 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 like a at the end, it's like a magnet, which is huge for a guy in the paint getting those erratic balls by erratic passes by LeBron and Russell Westbrook. And I think his game will get even better. Now that it has that that he's kind of gotten out of that beginning of the year, kind of ramping up from the injury, I want to see how he plays with AD now. That's going to be an interesting setup. Uh, I'm not expecting if I, I'm just gonna I'm, I'm gonna say this one negative thing here before I, I pass it on to you, Sean. I'm not expecting the Lakers to make a deal in three weeks, so we're probably gonna have to go with Thomas Bryant being the starting center with AD. Should AD stay healthy the rest of the year? This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. 
That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I'll tell you what, it was a very awesome game to watch. Lakers pulling it out in the end, 122 to 121. It's the Lakers fast break. It's Gerald Glassford along with Magic Man Sean Grice and Ox1947, Joe Soro. If you're one of the 30 new Facebook groups covering the Los Angeles Lakers that I've now just shared our viewing screen from, please go ahead and check us out. Subscribe, do what you can to follow us. We're on every post game right here for you at the Lakers fast break. We do three to what, five to sometimes even six shows a week covering the Lakers and the NBA. We have a great time in doing so. We're here for all the post games and we're actually during the game on playback.tv. So catch us there if you can as well but it is the lakers fast break once again the lakers do win 122 to 121 to go to 21 25 thanks again so much for watching and listening i will say that sean when you have (laughs) they're fighting even than the stands because uh they had issues john morant john morant's dad stevens adams they had an issue i think it was the start of the second quarter like right during the intermission they Mm -hmm. all went after shannon sharp who was sitting in the crowd had to be separated. It was kind of ugly. That kind of set this weird tone. Do you think that might have set or maybe just kind of, you know, just scared the concentration away? Or was it maybe the fact that they've just gotten a malaise on, on the Memphis side after winning 11 straight, thinking they could just go in and just put in cruise control and they would win? Just seemed like Memphis was off. And you know what? That's great because the Lakers pounced on it and took advantage. 100%, Gerald. 100%. That's, that's what happened. They, they thought they were in the pole car and they didn't think they really had any competition. So they just laid it down. And, um, I mean, just off talent alone, they kept themselves in the game, even though they were missing bunnies that they normally make. And, um, a lot of missed close up shots. I believe they also set their own franchise record for second chance points. Yes. With uh, over 40. My God, that's a, that's a very gaudy number. So even with all that going against us, they prov- they presented an opportunity to just hand us a victory. And thank you very much. We needed it. Absolutely, we did indeed. Once again, the Lakers do win 122 to 121. Joe, when you first heard the news that there was a possibility, we talked about in the past couple of weeks, about is Anthony Davis coming back anytime soon? Wasn't a myth, wasn't a mirage. You hear the rumors one way or the another. Then we started not to believe the rumors. Now you're seeing these reports from Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN talking about Anthony Davis possibly being as back as early as late next week. Do you think that gave the team a lift as far as a realistic timeline for when Anthony Davis comes back? I don't think that kind of stuff does anything. Even this even tonight's game, Memphis was making shots. They were getting offensive rebounds. They were playing. Uh-huh. But the Lakers have been playing competitive basketball. Our gripe has been the last six minutes of the game. Oh, they hugged it out, Jim. Did Shannon and T. Moran hug it out? Oh, isn't that lovely? What a happy, happy day. Sorry, Joe. 
he's like really <laughs> thrilled about that. He would be more specific on the playback.tv. I'll just leave it. Yeah, well, you, he, can, you can be more specific on playback for those of you who don't know or haven't been on there because you can be a little more uh, colorful. colorful with our speech, even though I don't like to, I like to throw a couple of four letter words when it's warranted. When you start doing it too much, it, 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 it's a, starts to get into the classless stage. But uh, I did not see the Memphis Grizzlies mailing it in tonight. They played. They were no, making no, shots. No, no, Yeah, no, I don't think, I don't think the, I don't think Gerald was implying that they were mailing it in. Neither was I. But I think. Um, After when I you think win two, so many in a row, you just, you yes. just think you could put it in yeah, a cruise control. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's that's what I think that was happening. I don't think they were playing at 100. I think they were playing at like 85. Mm. I, 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 I'm not going to disagree, but I just think the Lakers. And I just have to say. You know what? T. Morant's got to knock this crap off because his his son, his son is on a on a a shooting star path right now, and th- he he pulled this crap before during the Utah series. Go it's, ahead, Joe. Go ahead. It, 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 so this is this since you brought. I'm glad you brought it up, it, and that's what that is. That's why it doesn't really warrant too much talk. It's it's a guy that's trying to get attention. Well, it's it's a subconscious thing. It's like, dude, your son plays in the NBA. He's the star. Stop trying to. You want to be a man. You want to defend your family. You go knock on Shannon Sharp's door and tell him to his face. Okay, I didn't grow up in a in a in the in the hood or in a, in a bad area, but we did have one thing that we I didn't do it, but the guys that were Tough. If they had a problem with you, they would literally walk to your house, knock on the door. Mom or dad would answer the door. They'd go, hi, is Jim here or Jimmy here? Yes, let me go get him. Mom, dad, go get Jimmy. Jimmy gets to the door, pop, right in the face. So you want to be a big guy? You want to be a stud? You want to defend your son? Go, Go see Shannon Sharp, just Shannon Sharp, and do your thing. Instead of showing off in front of a crowd, that's that's my assessment on that. Now, as far as the game, uh, the Lakers have been competitive for a while now. They haven't been blown out. I can't even remember the last time they were blown out. So we have to give them kudos there. The issue is in this sport world, the only thing that matters is winning, and the only thing that matters is executing when it matters, right? Now, my issue is if you're missing shots the last second, you got a good shot. That's one thing. But the issues the Lakers have had is they turn into a YMCA team the last half quarter, every freaking game. It's like, what the hell is going on here? Do you guys not practice this? Well, tonight they kept at it. They kept going. And because of that, you had the perfect timing on – I believe it was Troy Brown Jr. in front of uh, Bain. Yes. And Schroeder recognized, hey, I can go steal this ball. We don't have to foul. And it worked. It worked. And this is what happens when you stay competitive and stay smart and wait for the right time to do things. Concentration, man. 
You guys are getting paid. Now, you can't you can't sit there and tell me, oh, well, you know, it's hard or what. Look, dude, you guys are getting paid millions of dollars to do this, okay? And it's not life or death. So, come on. There shouldn't be that much pressure here, especially for a regular season game. This is all we ask, effort, all the way through, and smart basketball. If you miss the shot, and if you – you get beat by John Morant. We get that. I understand that. But the issues with the losses recently is just bad basketball, and that's what's been frustrating. Tonight, we didn't see that. We saw them play very well for four quarters other than the offensive boards, which, again, back to what I was saying, what are you going to do when everyone is eight feet tall and all your guys are six four? It's something you can do sometimes. Zenger just brought up something very interesting. It's very interesting that there's sometimes the games within the game. Triple J and LeBron have a real rivalry going on right now. They like going at one another. And LeBron especially likes going at Triple J when he can at the rim. Now, Triple J's gotten him a couple times, but I'm not sure if everybody remembers last year when LeBron really got Triple J. And that's kind of precipitated a little rivalry between those two. So I think Zinger's right. I think Memphis as a, as a front court, uh, Triple J, Steven Adams, they take playing against LeBron personally. Well, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. And, that, and that's good for basketball. You got the young Bucks challenging the old Buck, and the old Buck still has some fuel in them, and the young Bucks are trying to come up. That's what that's what we want to see in basketball. That's the comp, comp, the competitiveness we want to see. And if the Lakers, if, if if AD doesn't get hurt as he returns next week for the rest of the year, this could be a first round matchup. Very well, could be a first round matchup. And the Lakers actually don't. They're not that off if AD is on point. They could be a problem. I don't think they're going to win the series, but they're going to be a problem. Uh, the only way they beat them is if those people upstairs actually try to help them here in the next 20 days, and, but that's a different story. And and uh, just to answer answer the, the question from the group, Cam Reddish, look, if, if Cam Reddish had shown anybody anything, at this point in time, he would have gotten traded at this point. I think the issue with that situation is more Cam Reddish than Tom Thibodeau. I I really think uh, people need to uh, kind of look at the flip side of the coin in that situation. If uh, if current if he was so accomplished and still people still thought he had the potential that he once thought he had then he would have already gotten traded at this point. Um, and not only that, he's going into, uh, I believe it's his last year of his con- current contract, correct, Gerald? Yes. Yeah. So you're you're up against the cap, not likely to spend any extra money that you don't have to. Why go after him? For what? Uh, I I think it's a Robin Peter to pay Paul situation if you acquire him. 
I would agree with Terrence on that. I would rather have Cam Reddish right now than JTA. JTA, you know, you like the kids. Oh, it's between the two? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I would I'd probably say. I know that's what's been talking to the chat so far. Is, is there any trades that we can still think of? The problem is, everyone out there, there's more buyers than there is sellers at this point in time. Is Toronto, which everybody is eyeing on as you hear all, all these shows, are they going to be a seller or are they going to be a buyer? If they go on a five-game winning streak just before the trade deadline, they're probably want to be a, become a buyer instead of a seller because they have a lot of talent that a lot of people covet. There's all these other teams that want and need, as you can see, how many teams right around 500 need some help. So everybody's going to be looking to try and improve their team some way, and there's only a few teams right now that are really looking to go ahead and sell off some of their assets. Joe, I mean, this makes the, the – climb even harder for the lakers but again are, do we even have any faith in the front office to get anything done even under normal circumstances if they take a second round pick you could see them make that trade because i believe they have the bulls along with their own second round picks if correct they could they would trade a second round pick the knicks trading cam reddish for a second round pick might be just something where they got to get rid of them and no one's going to give up a first, right? So they're going to wait till the uh, the deadline to see if someone might bite. Maybe, maybe he, they might bite. Maybe Cam shows something between now and February 9th. and they're like, "Yeah, we'll give up a late first rounder." Maybe a team that's in contention they'll want to get an extra guy. That's probably what they're waiting for. At least that's what I would be doing if I was the general manager of the Knicks. But if they get to that, you know, last hour and they're like, "We don't want this guy." Well. Just give them the Lakers. We'll get a second round pick. And that's it. That's that's how that's going to play out. As far as anything else, I have zero confidence in Rob Palenka uh, trading two of the money assets that we have, which is uh, Kendrick Nunn, even though he's been playing well. You would think that now there's some maybe a little bit of value that you could throw in there too with the discussion. But is Rob going to be able to convey that? Is he smart enough? Is he out of his basement enough to understand that? Does he – does he – does he – all those used cars that he sell, is he is he going to have enough time to do this from all those things? I don't think so from what I've seen. Jeannie, uh, she's planning weddings and uh, doing things like that. That's that's what she's doing right now. She doesn't Sitting give with two- Jay Moore right yeah. there. On so, the uh, and, and, you know, uh, we, we can go into more detail on that, but then we're going to probably veer off the show and I'm going to get my face is going to start turning red like, like Gerald's does when he's angry and it's not going to look good. No, so, Blue Magic Rob, wants a deep dive. Blue Rob, Magic and Joshua Dees have been asking for for a Sean Grice deep dive on Jay Moore. Uh, I don't like the word deep dive on Jay Moore. I do like deep dive on J Lo, but that's we did one of those too today. Yeah, yeah that 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 was that was more my preference. But if you know, everybody's got their thing. But then we talked about our movie career, and that ended that conversation pretty quickly. I don't think she had a bad movie career. I just think she she did as much bad as she could with her talent. The Cell was a great movie. Yes, but that was in 2000. It is now 2023. I just want to say, I, I, I don't think Rob Polinka could catch crabs from a Mexican brothel. That's a pretty good one. Let's veer back into what we're supposed to be talking about, and that is Lakers' fast break. It is the Lakers squeaking out a victory to end the homestand, two and three on the homestand there. On the road for their next game. I could have I could have said something else. Yeah, but I'm using could've. I'm using I'm using my diplomatic tone. Yes, absolutely, and I'm glad you did. Zangerstein said uh, she read something about Jay Moore, and it's all about his racism. Oh, 
Well, that's, uh, oh my gosh. And Jeannie's marrying him speaks for itself. But, you know, speaks for what itself. What have we been talking about, G? Jay what Moore. Talk, what do we talk about when we're off air? Seemingly Jay Moore. And how I'm going to wear, I'm going to wear a Harvey Dent mask. Okay. That, that should tell you exactly what I'm talking about. It's the two faces of people, right? Very few people can actually be real. Well, the, it, it, no one can ever accuse Joe of not being real. I will say that up front right there. So once again, it's the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 122 to 121. Joe, though, with the Lakers, the inside was, has, despite the, the rebounding, the rebounding, they were getting killed on the boards time and time again. I thought that was probably going to be the what was going to be their downfall was just the inside and the fact that John Morant, they could not keep out of the key. But you know what? They were able to overcome that. They, you know, even with LeBron struggling, LeBron had a lousy game. He was gassed. He was tired. They were beating up on him on as far as every time he went to the inside. He had a lousy game, and they still overcame all that and pulled out the victory. So kudos. Well, it, sh- it should it should it should be commended. They they absolutely. They, this was a team win if I ever saw one, and we we need to make light of that. And the, the, the same reason why they were able to handle the boards on the offensive side, uh, meaning the Grizzlies, they couldn't really get a handle on the small guards passing them by. So this game is about which one are you willing to sacrifice to, to, to get what you want. We, we don't live in a, NBA culture anymore where you can do both things. Who's who in the NBA at this point that's a perimeter player is known as a and I know there hasn't been many, but who's like a bona fide first NBA and first NBA defensive player? We're talking about both sides. It's very few people that have ever done it and it's really non-existent these days because of the amount of plays that are run now, the emphasis on offense, the inability to really set up any kind of normal defense because of that offense, you don't have that two-way player anymore. It's just not there. And even back in the day, you didn't have Kobe and Michael Jordans and Scottie Pippins roaming around very often. Those guys are very, very rare. LeBron was one, Pippen, Jordan, Kobe. Uh, and that's really it. Maybe Gary Payton. That was that would be another one. So that's you know that's that's you you, you as, just as much as they were at, they had an advantage on one side. Schroeder, uh, I was seeing uh, Russell Westbrook get to the rim at 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 will for, because of his speed. The only problem with with Russell is he decides to pass when he's a foot away from the rim or can't uh, finish and can't finish. On top of that, that's if he didn't do that, this game again could have been a much easier win, but these guys make way too many mistakes that they shouldn't be making. And we have to sit here and have a heart attack every game. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. Sean, we're seeing it in the chat right now. People are talking about, they realize that yes, the Lakers so happy for the win, but obviously when you get killed on the boards, like they did, obviously some things need to be taken care of. They didn't shoot all that great from the outside. Didn't shoot great from the inside. Didn't have what you would call a stellar game, but still managed to find a way to, you know, to get the victory, which again, you should applaud and commend the Lakers for doing that. 
but it shows concern by our very astute fan base that follows us here at the Lakers fast break that they think that something needs to be done. The problem is, and I hear all the th- the same things that we talk about. Let's give up the first. Let's give this. Let's give up all the contracts. Let's package things every all together. Who is actually available that's going to make a big enough difference from the Lakers that will go 12th to first in the Western Conference? And I'm not saying by the end of the season, because theoretically that's probably impossible at this at this point in time, but 12th to winning the Western Conference in a playoff format. Uh, yeah, Gerald, I don't see anybody in my viewfinder. Uh, I, and I'm looking at the same landscape as everybody else. Yeah. Who just who is available that's going to change things in that dramatic a fashion? You really you really only have four teams right now who are bottom dwellers and they may or may not uh, drop the payload. Spurs, the Rockets, the Hornets and the Pistons. That's it. Maybe it. like we talked about the Toronto Raptors, which everybody is keeping an eye on at this point in time. Yeah, the Raptors and the Magic are there too, but they're both of those teams are only you know three three and a half games <clears throat> out of a a playing or a or a playoff spot. So, yeah. and uh, Toronto and Orlando right now are fighting for twelve and thirteenth place. Yeah. So, I happen to think that a lot of these young teams that are just in these races are, are I, I think they're going to pull what Memphis did last year. Memphis really didn't add anything at the deadline. They didn't add a damn thing. They were just, you know what, we're going to roll the dice with the group we got. And I think there's going to be a number of young teams that are going to do the same thing uh, because they can wait and see what next year holds. And if they're on the same trajectory or a better one, that's when you make a move. Well, they've got um, some unrestricted free agents in Toronto, which I know that they're being eyed upon. But even if that's the case and they decide to trade them, as I've noted to Henry and everybody else in the chat, they're going to ask for a lot because there's going to be a lot of people wanting to buy, a lot of people wanting to trade for some of those players on Toronto. Absolutely, Gerald. Absolutely. Gary Trent Jr., it, you know, would you give up a first-round pick for him, a late first-round pick? You're going to have to give up more. Yeah, you're probably going to have to give up more. And, you know, this is a guy who who is a, per, a perennial 20 points per game score now. Well, you also got to put into the fact, Joe and Sean, that the Rudy Gobert trade and DeJounte Murray trades, where there was a bundle of players and picks involved in both of those trades, that makes it, you know, even harder to trade now because the market is just so whacked out because of those trades. No, that market, that, that, that burst the market. I think that was an outlier because that was a stupid trade from the beginning. And now that stupid trade has become official. The only way Toronto trades, let's say Van Fleet, Siakam, or Gary Trent Jr. is if they feel that they want to tank and have a chance at one Bayana. That's it. There is no reason to trade those guys because they're all going to be last. They're going on player options. Two of them are going on player options. I believe it's Siakam and uh, no wait, uh, no that's yeah. Uh, well, Van they, Fleet have Bird, they have Bird Bird break break o- and all. Yeah, so Van Fleet, no Van Fleet and and Gary Trent. 
Yeah. And, 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 uh, he's he, no, they're going to keep him. I don't. They're not getting rid of him. They, they're, they're, they are. I, I'm guaranteed. It's guaranteed that Van Fleet's going to opt out. He's got a player option at the end of the year, and and um, I'm sorry, Trent Jr. Gary uh, Gary Trent Jr. has got a player option. He's going to opt out. Yeah. It, 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 what's they, everyone knows this? We we know this. So you don't think Majuri knows this? So why would they why would they trade those guys now for I don't know a first round pick? That's it. What's that going to do? OG only has another year, I believe, and so does Siakam. So yeah, they made. So I think I think if I had to pick, if I had to guess what they're going to do, I believe Toronto's going to want to keep Siakam, and then they can live without Van Fleet. OG is going to be a big part of their future and then do some kind of a sign and trade using uh, Van Fleet and maybe Gary Trent Jr. during the summer. That's my assessment on that. Unless they get a next level deal. But then if they get a next level deal, what is it going to be? Someone's going to give them four picks for Gary Trent Jr. or Van Fleet. No one's going to two two first rounders, but what if they're two, the only people that are going to go after those guys is if they're probably one guy away from, really contending and if you're toronto do you trade those guys for late first round picks i don't know i don't that doesn't sound right to me it just doesn't sound right to me and the rudy gobert trade it's over the market that didn't set the market in any way it did in the summer now it's not now anybody who comes up and says hey rudy gobert got that i'd be like i don't give a crap what the hell you saw what happened there we're not making that mistake so you got to – this whole market got redone here as soon as you saw how how they're playing in Minnesota. And I still say I want you guys to pay attention to this at least between – I don't think anything's going to happen now, but I believe Carl Anthony Towns will eventually be traded by this time next year. He has to go. He's not working out there. And I don't think they're going to trade Anthony Edwards. You don't think no. they're also going to try and get rid of Gobert? Who's going to take Gobert? For much less on the dollar? I, I don't see anybody taking that number unless there's some kind of baseball deal where they some of the team pays half of it. And I don't even know if the CBA and the NBA does that. I, I think if you really thought you just had to eat it, I think Gerald's got a point. I think they, they, they might just unload him. But who's going to pay $50 million? The problem is who's going to pay $50 million for him? It's not about unloading them. That's that's fine. It's about the back end of the contract. It's it's the back end contract that's a killer. Oh yeah, Bradley Beal's sure. deal is a killer for sure. Uh, for sure, uh, Zach Levine. Uh, Zach Levine's money is a killer. Even Damian Lillard's mo- money. Bradley is a killer. Beal. Bradley Beal is no. Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard, Levine. These guys got contracts they had no business getting. They had absolutely no business getting, not because they didn't earn it. It's because. You're never going to win paying that those guys that kind of money. Henry, all I'm going to say this. You're saying nobody's trading for Gobert. Everybody thought the same thing about Westbrook, and he got traded mm-hmm. twice since people were saying that. I don't think there's anything relating to an un- untradable contract. Well, it, I think it, every it, contract is tradable. Now, if it's when, a good when, trade, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that. Every contract is tradable after what I've seen with Westbrook. So, so when when Wayne Gretzky got traded, that's when all the cards were on the table. Anybody can get traded. If you yeah, traded yeah, the greatest, 
If yeah, you wait. traded the greatest player ever, anyone can get traded. Yeah, uh, that was uh, Gretzky was Babe Ruth at the time. Yeah, he was. He was. Well, was that more about four. economics for, for? For him, it was for Edmonton, but also for Edmonton. I. For, I for, think uh, the, the funny thing about that trade, though, is they traded Gretzky, and then they won the, the Stanley Cup at, uh, in 1990 in Edmonton. The, Edmonton. Hey, for for whatever for whatever happened, Bruce McNall was a brilliant visionary. I, I think the oh. NHL had a hand in that. I think the NHL said to Edmonton and to Wayne, maybe together, maybe separate, guys, if you guys do this, you're you're going to build the NHL. Oh, we see it now. There's an explosion of California players. Right. In the NHL, that are just brilliant. It changed the NHL at that time. I I say that the the golden era of the NHL was the '90s. People think I'm nuts. I go, no, no, no. Well, people Hockey think you're nuts, anyways. Yeah, well, they, but, yeah, but, yeah. Sure. But yeah. So if you can trade, if you could trade the goat, anybody can get traded. And but Joe and Gerald are right. The back end of Bill Bear's contract is it's just absolutely it's, ugly. it's nauseous. It's it's nauseous. I, but if you give enough of enough first you, and enough assets, you can get it done. As we've seen with Westbrook, I didn't think Westbrook's trade. Was, I think and Henry I, and everybody out there. I yes. did not think Westbrook's contract was tradable, and it got traded twice since I thought that. So I, I I'm no longer on that train. I think any contract, if you want to give enough assets along with it, you package enough stuff with it, and you really want it gone, you will get it gone in the NBA. There's always a buyer if you give enough assets. I will say, though, that the Lakers do need to find some assets somewhere. I just don't know where they're going to find it because, I, you know, the Indiana trade, we have hear this, uh, all these rumors of, okay, are they going to extend Turner's contract? It looks like now he's just going to just walk and become a free agent. Yep. Uh, but he healed, you know, that, that whole conversation about those two. I never thought it was going to move the needle enough to make the Lakers uh, a top tier team. I thought it could make them a pretty good competitive team, but not anywhere near where Lakers fans want them to be with just those two players. I think you need more, but again, guys, since it's obviously it's beginning to look like the Indiana trade is just off. We should just forget it and move on. Where else can the Lakers go? I just don't see another big trade in the offering right now. No, not not unless there's there's some kind of nuclear option that we don't yet know about where somebody basically says, well, I want to hit the eject button and you want to hit the eject button and I want to go to the Lakers. That's the only conceivable way I could see something. It has to be a team that needs to unload a huge contract they don't want. So they just want to hit the shoot. Let me let me go back to the Minnesota team since we're talking about that. Let's say I'm trying to think. Let's say which team would want to pay Carl Anthony Towns uh, 36 and then 50 million to almost 60 million the next four years? What team out there would want to do that? Who could afford it and win? That's the question you want to ask yourselves. The Lakers, if Jeannie thinks like her dad, um, 
<laughs> Dr. Bus used to say, we'll pay the money as long as we win, but I'm not paying the money if we're not going to have a chance of winning, right? So if you bring, let's say, and this is this is not in any way going to happen, but let's just use it as an example, because this is the only way this happens, and I don't think this is going to happen because this is not what teams are doing. Minnesota is fighting for a playoff spot. They're not going to do that. They want that playoff revenue too. They want to stay competitive. They don't want empty seats, right? But let's just say, because you're paying Gobert so much money, you're practically paying – uh, between Gobert and uh, and Cat, you're paying 110 million dollars a year just for them, right? Before the qualifying offer and the extension to Edwards, should that happen in a couple of years? Yeah, so eventually they're going to be paying their front court about 150, 180 right. million so dollars. Now, so now, do they go in saying, "All right, guys, this thing ain't working. We can get two first round picks in 27, 29 that are unprotected." Okay, that means even if the Lakers win the title this year or next year or the following year, it doesn't matter. They're going to probably be rebuilt. As a matter of fact, we want them to win the next two, three years because it's likely that they're going to probably be rebuilding right before 27 and 29. And that pick might be a good pick. Right. I'm just saying this is how it has to work. Well, let me ask you this. Okay, go ahead. Finish, Joe. And then. They get rid of this contract because they are Minnesota. Are they going to want to pay a repeater tax? Are they going to pay three guys $150 million a year? No. The Lakers then get a player that it – because obviously Westbrook would be involved in that deal to make contracts work. Now you got a young third guy? Ooh. Yeah, Cat isn't really my cup of tea. But as a third guy behind AD and LeBron for the next he year, he could shoot the ball. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So that has to happen. That kind of trade has to happen because I will say this about Cat: doesn't really have any locker room issues other than when it was with J- Jimmy Butler, and we know why that what what it is. Jimmy Butler is a little more old school type. Probably, you know, you got a millennial or Gen Z type player like Cat. Maybe you know they don't they, they didn't mesh. So you go to LA as. Carl Anthony Towns, you go to LA, you're playing with LeBron, who looks like he can play another two, three years, and you got Anthony Davis. If he's going to play, let's say, 60 games during the year, hopefully, you have Cat to kind of balance that out now. He can play 60 games throughout the year as long as he's healthy in the end. It changes the whole dynamic. Now you just got to be able to piece I together. Happen, I happen to think that, um, you know, here's the thing with Cat, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defend him to the hill on this. After which I want to talk about the Bulls. I sure. I think I think playing in a very cold and very um it's not good for his respiratory condition to be playing in a place like Minnesota. I'll just put it that way. A lot of people are bronchial. He's obviously bronchial. Um he basically lost almost his entire family to COVID. Um he had a bad case of it himself, so I think Joe's got a point there. I think it, it. I think if he got traded to a warmer environment, it would do wonders for for uh, for his uh, health. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Okay, wait, wait, I. I can go invisible, right? Because this is this is the absolute worst. You can so, certainly try. Okay, so that is um, 
that's uh, obver, ov, 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 <laughs> Close enough. Ovulation? It's obfuscation. Roll your dice. Okay. So I didn't get anything over a five, but you that can... You are still naked. Oh, God. The music stops and everyone is looking directly at you, oh. judging. Oh, God. This is... The prince of the city looks very disappointed in you. Okay, this is worse than the dreams that I have about being naked at work. There has to be something that I can do. Vampires in Vitae, a Vampire the Masquerade actual play podcast. One thing I want to talk about before we end on that, and once again... This is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 122 to 121 to go 21 and 25 on the season. We will, of course, be back on Sunday for the Portland game, which we'll talk about at the very end. But before we head on out, one of the teams that's been talked about heavily in the chat, guys, is the Chicago Bulls as a potential trading partner. Want to hear your thoughts on that? I'm not high on it because, you, you know, one of the things that we talk about is we need guards that can stretch the floor or players that can stretch the floor. Vucevic has been playing a lot better as of late. He is going to be an unrestricted free agent, but most of the chat has been talking about returning Caruso and DeMar DeRozan to here. DeRozan, great scorer that he is, does not help you stretch the floor. Caruso, as great a defender as he is, does not help you stretch the floor. So I ask you, where does the floor stretching come from? Or is it more of the same? I know that bringing the band back together has also been a popular thing as far as bringing Kuzma back as well. Kuzma doesn't help you stretch the floor as well. So, guys, is it a good thing to be targeting all the, these Lakers or guys who could have been Lakers, like we talked about with DeRosa in the past? Is the Chicago Bulls a good trading partner for the Los Angeles Lakers? No, they're why? not. Tell us why. <clears throat> so... Like Gerald was saying, we need shooting in the most desperate uh, way possible. Um, there's nobody on that team that's worth trading for that's a good shooter. and Or they don't have the great combination of shooting and defense like Caruso or Pat Williams. Uh, or they don't have the right combination of being... Uh, a shooter rather than a scorer, which Demar is. Demar is a scorer; he's not a shooter. Um, I I just think that the it, if you trade if if you traded somebody and got a star player and a rotational player back, it that's I I understand that's not that's not nothing, that's not nothing, but it's not a it's not um a New York steak either. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's like a shepherd's pie. I, I just like, think yeah. it doesn't fit the things that we need to do to help this team win. Or yeah. Help this LeBron this, and team, this win. team needs a couple steaks and some surf and turf, you know, shepherd's pie is great, but it's, it's not gonna, it's, it's not gonna uh, satiate uh, the appetite to uh, make a deep run in the playoffs. DeRozan would be great coming off the bench, but are you going to ask a player of his caliber to be coming off the bench? Because no. he's still a starter that can score 20 plus points in the league. No, you That's can't ask him to come off the bench. Yeah, but he can't defend for you and no, he can't he stretch can't. the floor for you. No, Joe, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on the Chicago Bulls as a potential trading partner? Do you see anything there that really meets your eye? Patrick Williams, are they going to give up on Patrick Williams? I mean, there's talk about him possibly still having a chance to blossom as a player. Your thoughts on the Chicago Bulls as a potential trading partner? They, they would have to con- 
know that they're not going to get the deal we, they want right now mm-hmm. to make a trade with the Lakers. There's no one really on that team that I would. Uh, there's there's no. I I oh, sorry Joe I I actually I happen to think they all they're also trying to bait somebody into. I, I just don't, Jack I don't think you see, and that's, that's the, that's the thing here is if we know this already, are they, are, are teams really that, you know, disconnected? Th- there's a reason why there's nothing going on with trades anymore. There's nothing going on anymore. There used to be a lot of activity. There's nothing going on. I don't have a clue who's going to do what this, uh, this trading deadline. I wouldn't be surprised if you, had any major trades from anywhere for anything. Here, here, sorry, Joe. Terrence, great, great point. They did ask for Westbrook to come off the bench. But here's the difference. The difference is DeMar DeRozan, for for as as not a defensive prowess as uh, other guards slash forwards out there, he doesn't make the kind of mistakes and he doesn't put his team in negative situations in the way that Russell Westbrook has. Well said. And so in that way, he's a plus positive to remain a starter. That's yeah. the big difference. He can still rip off 25 points a game for you. And the fact yes. is he's probably going to be still be doing it for the next, you know, at least one, if not next two or three, even seasons, even, even that in his middle thirties, the only thing is, again, the defense and the fact he does not stretch out the floor. He doesn't take many threes, doesn't want to shoot many threes. That's part of his game. He's a scorer and, first and foremost. And he's developed uh, a secondary tool as a facilitator. He's gotten yeah. better and better as that. I still see him as, you know, later on down the line at the end of his career as a guy who could come off the bench as a good scorer. But right now he's not going to go ahead and do that. I think there's just still too much pride right there for you. Yep, uh, Howard Hill Joe. says DeMar would be great in the fourth quarter. As a clutch score, yes. But if you're still talking about what the Lakers have uh, deficiencies in, in size and shooting, which, again, quite coincidentally, so the, DeMar, you know, the okay. rest of the league has okay. also the same issues as well. Okay, so here's what it would take to get DeMar. First of all, as a Laker, as Laker management and players, let's say, uh, let's say I'm the general manager of the Lakers, and I go, okay, we need we need a guy like the like. W- is it safe to say Demar's not having a bad year, but he's not having a great year? Yeah, it's it's all right, yeah, for him. right. But it would help being around AD and LeBron, right? Yeah. So let's say I came up to you and I said, "Okay, guys, you're not really going anywhere. You don't really want to give up too much, right? You, do you want to give up ball and?" Caruso and Patrick Williams, who's kind of coming up, probably not. I mean, you would in the right deal, but That's right, Jim. probably not, right? But DeMar DeRozan, eh, he's kind of getting to that part where, eh, do we want to pay him $28 million next year and we're still losing, blah, blah, blah. Okay, here's what, here's what happens. Chicago calls me and says, here's what we'd like. We'll take Bev, none, and the 29th first pick for DeMar. Do you do it? I do. I yes. That trade. Because yes. now if AD, this is a, this is going to be one of those things where if AD is healthy, 
which is this is this has really been the rub with this is his health. If he's healthy going through the playoffs, and we have a Demar Derozan instead of a Pat Bev, I know none's been playing better, but you know that's that doesn't matter at this point. We get those two guys for Demar and a, and one first round pick. You make that trade, and now you do have a glimmer of hope of actually making a run. Should AD stay healthy? What about uh, someone like Jordan Clarkson? Because I know Utah has always been talking about. Uh, Jordan is. I you like know him. what? Tell you what. Tell you what. If Utah wants wants those two first round picks, that's great. Then you give up one of the two. You pick Walker Kessler or Jared Vanderbilt. We get one of them. You There's get to no pick way. Which one there. Walker Kessler is now untouchable. Yeah, I know he is. I know he is. But he's playing unreal. And I, I like Jordan, but he's not Demar. Jordan is the perfect bench guy. Jordan is. Demar has a higher IQ than both Russell. De- Demar Demar's skill set would be better with LeBron and AD, and he would be extremely motivated. Clarkson is motivated to get his big contract you right now. Still need a shooter. I think you need it with those guys. Like again, they're not shooter. stretching for you. Still need a shooter. You need a shooter, but then you you still have. Uh, I know he's not a shooter, but you have Demar Westbrook, AD, and LeBron. It, it's. I would love you know if you get the Patrick Williams in the trade, then you're talking. You, you know, it's kind of funny, Gerald. Um, j- j- but before before we end this conversation, the <laughs> we were talking about this on draft night. The 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 Minnesota Timberwolves giving up Walker Kessler and getting back Rudy Gobert is a lot like uh, from The Simpsons when Homer gave away his million dollar greyhounds to Mister Burns. Well, you also got to remember that Utah in the deal got what. Four draft picks, four first rounders. They also Jared got, Vanderbilt. Yeah, they got Jared Vanderbilt, Malik uh, Beasley, Malik Beasley. Yeah, it just just tremendous trade. That's probably one of the best trades of the past five, ten years, right there in one way or another. Absolutely. Just, uh, yeah, just couldn't couldn't say enough great things about that. But you know, as we close out this show here in the last few minutes, I do want to go ahead and say that the Lakers do need to find more options because we can't expect continuously, you know, the upper echelon of teams like Memphis really doing, you know, so poorly today on every aspect of the game outside of offensive rebounding. So we need more help for LeBron, especially when AD comes back. It'd be nice if LeBron can at least get on some kind of role and the Lakers can get on some kind of role so that when the AD comes back, they get on even more momentum headed towards the, the the trade deadline. Joe, can you see this thing turning around in Lakers' favor starting next week? As far as AD? As far as the team. If AD is healthy and playing, absolutely. Because they've been playing competitive basketball. It's just that their end-of-the-game fundamentals and end-of-the-game fortitude, mental fortitude has been just not not good i'm hoping that this tonight was a a clearance of that and maybe it is i don't know but i'm more looking forward to the fact that ad will likely be in in uniform next friday for the celtic game 
if he comes back and they play well and win that game, I could see them really starting to go the right way. But the problem is the Lakers have had a habit of putting their foot off the, the, the gas, you know, and that's something I don't like. And I know LeBron is in his 20th year, but I'm going to say it again. When he's dropping 38, 12, and 8, I, I'm not looking at 20th year anymore. The guy is capable, and we're not in a position to concede, concede wins. We need to now win. We need to win more games. Yep. Uh, I, I, Gerald, I think a win like this can springboard into something much bigger. Mm-hmm. I think uh, psychologically this is like a monkey off their back. Uh, especially all these close games down the stretch and you're almost there and you reach out and it just feels like there's an abyss there sucking you down. And then finally the wormhole opens up and they, they, they break free. So Joe's right. We got to stack the wins here that like, they got to start stacking wins. We can't keep leaking oil. I, I call I call this 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 stretch we're in now Savage Ten. So the Savage Ten started with the the game against the Kings. That game should have went in overtime, at the very least. But the refs screwed us in that one. Tonight they just find a way to f- have some true grit and pull out the win themselves. So now we're one one. We got eight games left. They they need to win. Six or seven here, to to justify, to justify to themselves that uh, they can do it. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do squeak out a victory, one twenty two to one twenty one. Before we head on out, and before we talk about what's upcoming for us here starting next week, Joe, I know you've been talking during the course of the game about what the Lakers, uh, you know, how they just managed to, to with the grit. And the grind, to use that paraphrase from the old Memphis days, how they stayed in the game. They actually managed to go away, away as far as the execution down the stretch went their way for once. The calls by the officiating went kind of our way for once. Can this luck continue for the Lakers? Uh, can this created luck for the Lakers continue maybe even for a little while longer up until the trade deadline to whether we could finally get some kind of room for the Lakers to go ahead and maybe say they're back in the playoff race. Once again, they have to win three out of four games a week for them to get some kind of consistency here. Mm-hmm. And of course, AD has to play the rest of the year without injuries. Yes. There's, there's no other discussion anymore on that. If he plays healthy the rest of the year, they will make the playoffs. And this is a team that could be threatening should they add a significant player or two. Because those teams starting from the Clippers at six all the way to the Lakers at 12, they're flip-flopping all over the place based off a loss here, a win there, a two-game winning streak, a two-game losing streak. All over the Western Conference from the 6th to 12th, Sean. So if the Lakers get on any kind of consistent win streak, if they could finish out next week or by the time oh. AD comes back, if they win three out of four. I'm going to give LeBron some credit today. Uh, more credit than normal. I, I, I've i been trying to back him up as much as I can this year because he is, uh, he is playing prime type ball. 
He might not be in his prime, but he's playing a phenomenal ball. Today, you could see his he was his gassed. body language. He looked like he was tired. Yeah. Uh, he's still a human being at the end of the day. I get that. Um, and I, 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 I commend him for, for gutting it out. He's got two days to rest for Portland, and then he's got a day rest before the Clippers. I can't sit here and talk about winning and all that and, and then veer off and say maybe take Portland off. I don't want that. We can't really afford that. And it's yeah. – I'm not – I would be surprised if that actually happens so he's ready for the Clippers and, and the Celtics. So we want to be prepared for that because that's the world we're in now. But I think the Lakers could beat Portland without LeBron, but that's that's a discussion for when we get to that. Um, I desperately, desperately want to win against the Clippers next week. I am sick and tired of losing to that losing team. That loser franchise has that the losing to them has to stop. And I don't want them to just win. I want them to annihilate them. So next week. We got the Clippers and we got the Celtics. I am going to be probably on on nine in the car on that one. I'm I'll not, be I'm not, I'm on not a bed of knives. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not expecting, I'm expecting some, some legit thunder against those two teams. I want to blow out against the Clippers. It's time. It's their overdue by five years with that. And with the way the Clippers have been playing all over the place, yes, uh, Kawhi did show up today and scored 30-plus today in a, in a Clippers victory. But we've seen over the past few weeks, they're, they've been all over the place. Who, you, who knows who's going to show up for the game? Who knows who's going to be at the game? Uh, you know, they, they don't even know, I think, up until game time, exactly who's going to suit up and who doesn't. Because that team, as loaded on paper as they seemingly were, are just really all over the place, inconsistent. They everybody's been talking about they'd need a consistent third scorer on that team and they just don't have it. So a lot of issues have flared up over the course of the season for the LA Clippers. And I'm hoping that their inconsistency will continue against the Los Angeles Lakers. And I hope you're right, Joe, on that. I do want to mention that, uh, you know, Adam has said uh, a lot of great things as well in the chat. And one of them is the fact that since the Lakers went two and 10, they did get back. Dennis Schroeder and Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant's been a great help on the inside. Dennis Schroeder playing a little bit more, uh, you know, I guess a little bit more controlled, a little bit better than he was. He was playing the previous time in LA. I think he's playing a lot more effectively this season for well, the team. I think he is a better fit for the team this season as well. Well, yeah, I yeah. If, if you if you seg if you segment the season like that, so two and ten, right? So now we're we're twenty we're twenty one and twenty five. Over the past thirty four games, you've been nineteen and fifteen. Overall, from that time period, that's you'd be playing you're playing at you know a fourth fifth seed, but you put yourself in the hole so far down here that you know I understand the cynics out there they they think LeBron's gonna sit here LeBron's I don't think he can. I don't think they can. So the hole's too damn deep now. Yeah. Joe, any last thoughts before we head on out? Uh, I am. They got two days off. Get some rest. LeBron, go in the ice machine with Kevin Hart. Talk some smack. Do something to relax. Uh, come back and uh, whoop Portland and 
whoop the Clippers before AD hopefully arrives for the Cleveland uh, for the Boston Celtic game. If uh, they happen to if they happen to run the table here be, between Portland Clippers and Boston, that's a hell of a sign to, that the Lakers are are going a certain way. But it, you know, back to what I was saying is we we had a five game winning streak uh, not too long ago, and they put their they took their foot off the gas at, at the worst time. I don't have a lot of confidence in their living in prosperity, as uh, Gerald likes to say, until I see them get to that point where they're not going to let up, let up, that's when I'll be able to say, hey, you know what? I think these guys are ready to make this run. They might not be capable of doing it. They might be too old. LeBron might be too old. AD might be too tenant, you know, timid. And that's something we have to come to the realization with. But in the meantime, we do stay positive and seeing that if, if maybe they can fight through it and, and make it work. We have a half a season left, pretty much. So it's a lot of basketball, man. It's a, it's a, battle, of, it's a battle of attrition, man. I, I mean, you, you look back on those teams that, <laughs> uh, other than the, the, the Warriors, I think the Warriors were, were so ta- – they had so much debt for – all-stars on their team in the primes. I think that's maybe a little different, but when you look at the teams back, like Kobe's back-to-back titles, Kobe's three-peat titles, Shaq's two, you know, those guys making those runs for two and three years straight and winning, you know, I don't think that gets talked enough. I don't think that gets commended enough. Winning three championships in a row, there's a reason why there's only been, what, four teams that have ever done it in the history of the NBA? It's hard, man. It's hard to play 82 games in an era where you really can't rest anymore. You just can't. Sean, what I want to ask you before we head on out is Jim Howe said in the chat that he thinks behind the Milwaukee win that this is one of the biggest victories of the year. I consider it also one of the best victories of the year. Obviously, you had a full team there for Memphis. They had Williams back. They had their three top players back in the lineup, all playing and contributing, and it still didn't get it done. Steven Adams rebounding inside and still didn't get it done. Was this one of the biggest victories of the year for the Los Angeles Lakers? Oh, 100%, Gerald. 100%. You've beaten the Denver Nuggets two out of three meetings. You just meet the Memphis Grizzlies. You beat the Milwaukee Bucks. You beat the Brooklyn Nets. They're cap- They're very capable of playing up to what their competition is. It's just oh. a, a question of can they, can they find the right mix of grit and execution where they're not on where we're not on the losing end of these games because they finally won one. They pulled it out, and it was the hard work of. Dennis Schroeder that did it. So, Gerald, do you think they can come up with enough grit and execution to pull a winning streak together? That is the problem right now. And with AD, you got to remember also, even when he does come back, 
he's going to probably piss Joe off because he's probably going to be sitting back to backs or if there's any question on his foot, they're going to sit him down. They're going to be really careful with him on that navicular bone. That's very uh, tenuous right now, as far as the future for that going forward. So I don't see AD playing a whole lot of games early on when he comes back. I'm seeing him trying out as best he can, but I think that the Lakers can go on a three of four, five out of seven type winning streak. I think they're still, even with the roster they have now, they still have the capability to go on those type of runs because we're seeing right now in the league a lot of parity, as Joe has mentioned in the past. As far as all these 500 or right around 500 teams, if you get a stack of them that you're facing off against in a row, you can go and, and reel off three, four easy victories right there for you because you know it's going to go the other way around at some point in time. It's going to work its way around for a lot of these teams that are right around 500. You're going to win four, and then you're going to lose four, and then you're going to look good, and then you're not going to look good. And you can catch some teams that are either injured or not playing well in the right fashion. I think the Lakers can still find themselves a little run to get them back in the mix. I clearly, I, I do think that. I want to think positive on that. I really think that if they if this parity of a league right now that we have, I think the Lakers can find a run. Yeah, I think they can too. You know, uh, they're probably going to um, throw, not throw caution to the wind here, and uh, they probably will sit him on back to backs. You know, I'd um, if he was if he was truly if he felt truly healthy, like truly healthy, I I would consider putting him on a minutes restriction on back to backs rather than just just uh, obligedly sitting him outright. Um, if, if he didn't feel sore or injured at all. I, I think LeBron plays against Portland because he has two days off. He plays the Clipper game and sits the San Antonio game on the second on the second night and then gets ready for Boston. That's my prediction for that. I agree. If, and that yeah. that's a little bit more I guess I would roll with with that a little bit that's that's something i guess is okay it's it's a little you're picking the right game to hope that your second tier guys can win that game against san antonio but i desperately want to win against the clippers if anything and i Mm -hmm. i just want that that win has to happen and i want a blowout i don't want some stupid 120 120 and we need to wait for free throws to go through crap we need to wax those guys badly and and i'm i'm gonna be extremely aggressive that night that day so just oh so ladies and gentlemen what yeah, joe so you better is, catch what, it on playback what joe is describing is that uh you know so, <laughs> my dad used to used to say shawnee some days you're the dog some days you're the hydrant joe's tired of us being the hydrant he wants us to be the dog in our own house too Absolutely. When you Absolutely. get smacked around in the house, Kobe and Shaq built by that team. Come on, talking about seventeen to zero. Talk about Taylor Swift has a banner up there, and you don't. Really? <laughs> come on, people. Come on. You, you, at some point, there's got to be. There's got to be somebody in that oh, organization. Oh my God! It's, it's so you would bad think for, you would think so Jean, Jeannie Bus being the only you know, like Rob Plink is a, a a peon. He's only been a it, it, Laker so, guy it's for so bad. It's so bad for them this year that Clipper Daryl got got punched out. 
See, and that's the stuff that's just stupid. You know, these guys fighting each other in public and pump somebody punching some some guy named Clipper or whatever the hell his name is. <laughs> what kind of stupid life do you live? You know, you can be aggressive. You can be prideful. You could be – I've gone to God knows how many games, okay? I was in – I went to three Raider games as a visitor. I'm having discussions with Raider fans next to me the whole time. You know, what kind of stupid mindset is this when you go to these games? What What, what, what is that going to do for you, beating up some old man, yelling at Shay Shay for, for talking <laughs> smack, making a, making a fool out of your whole family because you want to be a tough guy? You want to be a tough guy, I told you, Sean. You go talk to him face-to-face like a real man. You want to punch him out because he's your boy. I get that. I get it. But that wasn't about your boy. That was about you getting attention. Okay? Being a tough guy. Been around a lot of tough guys in my life. And I've been around more fake tough guys. And boy, when you approach them with the real, they all just... Well, the the Undertaker had ended up with uh, a different uh, promo towards the end. He became uh, a biker and uh, one of his, but then he switched back to the undertaker, but then he switched back to taker. Yeah. I actually, I actually like that version of taker personally, the American badass, if I'm the American badass. Yeah. Uh, He had a great quote. He said, you're either crazy, brave or phony tough. And since I don't see any crazy brave in you, then I guess we're down to only one option. Probably one of the more well-adjusted icons of wrestling was The Undertaker. Or Mark Calloway. Mark Calloway. Incre- incredible. They, that, 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 that crew, that community, whether the guys from WCW, WWE, WWF, Vince McMahon, boy, did they respect that man. That guy had... More respect in the lock behind behind the scenes than probably anyone. I uh, thought I, I thought other than Ric Flair, he was the most conditioned wrestler I've ever seen. His matches would go forty minutes, an hour. I don't think anyone was more conditioned than Ricky Steamboat, in my opinion. But Flair was right there. That's why they had a legendary the matches. Broadways. Yeah, the yeah. yeah. But you can also put Shawn Michaels in there and Bret Hart. Bret Hart. Bret Hart probably had. If I when I when I first think of of, of of matches, it's always Bret Hart matches, and then my favorite. I'm not saying it's the greatest, but Lex Luger putting Hulk Hogan in the rack <laughs> to win the WCW title was. I still get goosebumps. That whole thing. He's knocking Hall out. He's running Hall into Nash. Throws Macho Man over the. And Shivani's call well, and well, Randy and Randy Anderson going like this after about, Hogan submitted. Oh my God. I was just I remember it live. And then of course Luger was the greatest seller of wins I've ever seen. The guy looked like he just won the lottery every time he won a, a, an important match. So it was uh yeah. So well, well it's six degrees of separation there, right? Because um Kevin Nash once had to send Shaquille O'Neal cease and desist order because Shaq was calling himself uh, Big Baddie Diesel 
and that was Kevin Nash's nickname, and so he just had to shorten it to Diesel. What a what a yeah, it's Kevin Nash for you. That's why very few people respected him. <laughs> but anyways, we're, we're <laughs> and next wrestlers observant, right? So, that, that so a show? Reggae Joe has a question here. Yes, uh, what before? Well, I left it on there before we go. So Sean. He needs to know from all of us Laker fans out there, what's the food of LA? So, because it sounds like he's a, no, we actually get in touch. We actually, during the game, Lee was from Austin. That was great. And we get uh, notices and get people all around the world listening and watching. Appreciate Austin's a real cool town. Yeah, absolutely. So he said he likes KC. It's barbecue Chicago. It's pizza and a dog. What is it for LA? What do you think defines Los Angeles food? Mm, it's too much culture there for it to be one. Yeah, it is much. a mixture. Yeah, it's too much. You have China. I, I think you'd have to you have Korea town. Korean barbecue. The Hispanic. On the uh, you have culture. you have, you have the so biggest Mexican yeah, biggest Mexican population in any big city is L.A. Uh, I would say hot dog came to mind right away. That's it. Dodger dog. The Dodger dog. <laughs> How good are they? Well, they're they're. I think they they used to be Farmer John's. Uh, there's something else now. Uh, it's a hot dog, man. I I, I don't I really, I don't really. It's like after a while, you eat really good hamburgers at the Habit or In and Out. After a while, it just kind of gets old. Well, I will say this though: we did talk about this. Hold on, Sean. We did talk about this during the Playback.tv. If anybody out there has videos that they'd like to send in to us, or anything that's far as whether they're thirty seconds or even more, you know, it doesn't matter. To me. I'd love to upload it to our YouTube channel and to our social media. To show Laker fans out there what exactly you eat during the Lakers game. What is your Lakers comfort food? Or you could tag us at Lakers Fast Break. We'd love to know if it's on your own social media. Please go ahead and tag at Lakers Fast Break wherever you get your social media. We'd love to know what you eat for the Lakers game. And in fact, sometime down the road, I'd love to go ahead and start doing a, you know, a couple little things I'd, I'd love to show on social media on what I eat during the games. I know Joe, the same thing, has some great stuff that he goes ahead and eats during the game. Sean as well. And yeah, go ahead, Sean. Yeah, no, Gerald, I was just going to say. Um, we had some great thoughts on uh, snacks. Right yes, there. we did. We did. We did. So, um, you know, a, a nice grilled pork chop with, uh, with beans, that really hits the spot for a Laker game, especially if I'm drinking – uh, a nice uh, imported beer, like uh, you should. Honey- you should film that. You should video that. We can put it on the channel. Usually, you have to. Usually, with a with a steak or a nice cut of beef, you always have to go with uh, with uh, an import. You know. Okay. All right, Joe. We're gonna have to come up with some good stuff here. I know you're eating already, so enjoy my friend but i want to go ahead and close out this conversation by saying thanks so much for the awesome chat the chat has been truly awesome they're sharing their ideas now in southern california on where they love to eat so hopefully reggae joe gets a good idea if he is not there if he goes to southern california where to go because there's so many great places to eat. as someone who lived in in los angeles in the southern california area for 25 years just truly some great eating and great food in the los angeles area and where Joe's at, Temecula, San Diego, going down there. We all know there's some great food down there as well. So just some excellent, excellent places. And, of course, here in Vegas. <laughs> I'll be I'll be in Chula Vista tomorrow for my nephew's yeah. birthday. For those of you who ever 
come to San Diego and find yourself south, almost by the border, go to a place called TJ Oysters and order the smoked tuna tacos. Now, these tacos are $4, I think with tax, $4.50, something like that, a taco. And they're the size of my hand. I order sometimes 12 of them. That's how good they are. I'm talking about when you eat these things and the cheese and the seasoning and the vegetables they put in there. I'm telling you right now, I can't stand corn tortilla. I have to have flour, except when I eat these tacos. That's how good they are. They made corn tortilla make taste good to me. That's how devastatingly good they are. <laughs> and if, if you're you are, still... Oh, go ahead. And you cannot, like, there are two, two things that I can eat and not stop. One is shrimp. The other is these tacos. Like, I have to get to the point where I'm just... I don't order 80 of them because it would cost me 500 bucks, right? You're so, like one of those elderly people at the casino. But again, I'm telling you right now, guys, it is the greatest, and I would take this to the bank, the greatest fish taco anywhere in the world. I don't care if you go to Mexico, Mazatlan, Rosarito. I don't care how authentic it is. Believe me when I say this. TJ Oysters, matter of fact, when I get more capital... I'm actually going to try and franchise that up here in Temecula because that son of a gun will be big here and it needs to be brought here. And I will be doing a show from there, hopefully within the next year or two. So stay tuned. And while you're in San Diego, Lucha Libre has the best burritos that ever that's down there. It's, uh, you know, I go to. Sovereign, you come into town. I always pay for dinner when you come into town. Plus my cousin owns, who's a master chef. Owns a, owns a restaurant in Menifee, not far from Temecula, called Savage Chef. Remember that name. Savage Chef's going to be in the public lexicon very, very soon here in the next five years. Savage Chef, if you guys find yourself in Temecula, call me up. I'll take you out, take you out to dinner. I got a special spot because it's, you know, family stuff, and we got it. We got it hooked up. Here in Vegas, the Roberto Taco Shop's making the best breakfast burrito. But if you want regular burritos, California burritos, Lucha Libre in San Diego, apps excellent as well. But before we head on out, guys, just wanted to go ahead and mention that we'll be back on Sunday, 6 p.m. for the live watch party against on the road against the Portland Trailblazers. That's always never been a fun trip, as Sean and Joe will tell you, history-wise doesn't take much in Lakers history to know that they've always not played very well up in Portland, but maybe we'll go ahead and turn it around. I'm hoping that that's the case. Portland has been all over the place. One of those around 500 teams. Can the Lakers catch them while they're on the downslide? We'll see, but it starts at 6 PM for the live watch party. Then after that, of course, around 8:30 Pacific time, it's us with the best Lakers post game. That's right here at the Lakers fast break with the best chat room that's out there. Each and every one of you have been tremendous in the chat. I cannot thank you enough from Zangerstein, Sovereign, Jim Howe, Reggae Joe, Petting My Cat, Henry Hill. Everybody's just been awesome. 805 Hiking returning. Great to have you back. Gary A. Just been so great having you there. Just absolutely. Howard Hill. So many names tonight. So many great faces seeing in the chat. Just truly a tremendous part of what we're doing right here at the Lakers Fast Break. 
cannot thank everyone enough for stopping by and taking the time out of your day. If you're catching us and you're a part of one of those great Lakers Facebook groups, and I signed up to 30 of them this week plus, and I just shared it out to over 30 today. If you're watching us for the first time, please go ahead and subscribe to the Lakers Fast Break wherever you get your podcasts so you get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air. If you're watching us and you're brand new to us at Courtside Lakers on Instagram, same thing. Please help yourselves out so you can catch everything that we do here at the Lakers Fast Break, not only for the post games, our NBA observations, our Lakers History 101, and upcoming I'm going to do a Lakers quiz show. These guys want to do a Lakers quiz show. So we are going to set up a Lakers quiz show. That's coming as well from all of us right here at the Lakers Fast Break. So for Joe Sorrell, a.k.a. Ox1947, thinking of TJ's oysters right there for you. Also the magic man, Sean Grice, thinking of another way to go ahead and do a deep dive on Jay Moore or Jay Lowe. There you go. But guys, it's been great. Once again, the Lakers 122 to 121, and we'll be back on Sunday as the Lakers face off against Portland Trailblazers. Just truly great, everyone watching and listening and taking time out of your day to catch us right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.